The Gospel of Christmas Day, Part 2. Throughout the octave of Christmas, we will look at the parts of the Gospel for Christmas Day in sequence. Today's exposition will focus on the words, The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because it is especially an attribute of God to be eternal and without a beginning, St. John laid this down first, in the passage we looked at yesterday. Then, lest anyone on hearing, in the beginning was the Word, should suppose that the Word is unbegotten, he instantly guarded against this, saying, And the Word was with God. From the beginning he is with God, and though independent of time, is not independent of an author. Again, he repeats the word was because of men blasphemously saying that there was a time when he was not. Where then was the word? Measureless things are not contained in space. Where was he then? With God. For neither is the Father bounded by place, nor is the Son by anything contained. Since the word has always been with God, it is said, and the word was with God. For from the beginning it was not separate from the Father. He has not said, The Word was in God, but was with God, exhibiting to us that eternity which he had in accordance with his person. The heretic Sibelius is overthrown by this text, for he asserts that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one person, who sometimes appeared as the Father, sometimes as the Son, sometimes as the Holy Spirit. But he is manifestly confounded by this text and the Word was with God. For here the evangelist declares the Son is one person, God the Father another, since the one is with the other. The heretics will say that a word is the sound of the voice, the enunciation of a thing, the expression of a thought, that this word was in the beginning with God because the utterance of thought is eternal, when he who thinks is eternal. But how was that in the beginning, which exists no time either before or after, I doubt even whether in time at all? For speech is neither in existence before one speaks nor after. In the very act of speaking, it vanishes. For by the time a speech is ended, that from which it began does not exist. But even if the first sentence, in the beginning was the word, was through your own attention lost upon you, why do you dispute about the next, and the word was with God? Did you hear it said, in God, instead of with God, so that you would understand this word to be only the expression of hidden thought? Are you deaf? Or did John say, with, by mistake, and was not aware of the distinction between being in and being with, when he said that what was in the beginning was not in God, but with God? Here then the nature and name of the word, and the word was God. No more, then, of your babbling about the sound of the voice and the expression of the thought. The word here is a substance, not a sound, a nature, not an expression. God, not a non-entity. 
but the title God is absolute and free from the offense of an extraneous subject. To Moses it is said, See, I have made you a god to Pharaoh. But is not the reason for the name added when it is said to Pharaoh. Moses is made a god to Pharaoh when he is feared, when he is entreated, when he punishes, when he heals. And it is one thing to be made as a god, another thing to be god. I remember, too, another application of the name God in Psalm 82. I declare, God's though you be. But there, too, it is implied that the title was but bestowed, and the words, I declare, make it rather the phrase of the speaker than the name of the thing. But when I hear the word was God, I not only hear the word said to be, but perceive it proved to be God. Thus cutting off the trivial objections of blasphemers, and those who ask what the word is, he replies, and the word was God. Or combine it thus, from the word being with God, it follows plainly that there are two persons, but these two are of one nature, and therefore it proceeds, and the word was God, to show that the Father and Son are of one nature, being of one Godhead. We must add, too, that the word illuminates the prophets with divine wisdom, in that he comes to them, but that with God he ever is, because he is God. For this reason, St. John placed, and the word was with God, before, and the word was God, not asserting, as Plato does, one to be intelligence, the other soul. For the divine nature is very different from this. But the heretic says, the Father is called God with the addition of the definite article, that is, the God, the Son without it. What do you say, then, when the Apostle Paul writes in Titus chapter 2, The great God is our Savior Jesus Christ. And, on the other hand, in Romans chapter 9, God who is over all, and in many places, grace to you and peace from God our Father, without the article. Besides, too, it would be superfluous here to affix what had been affixed just before, when he said, The Word. So it does not follow, though the definite article is not affixed to the Son, that he is therefore an inferior God. When he had said, The word was God, the fearfulness and strangeness of the speech disturbed me, the prophets having declared that God was one. But, to quiet my apprehensions, the fisherman reveals the scheme of this so great mystery, and refers all to one, without dishonor, without obliterating the person, without reference to time, saying, he was in the beginning with God, with one unbegotten God, from whom he is the one only begotten God. Again, to stop any diabolical suspicion that the word, because he was God, might have rebelled against his father, as certain pagans fable, or, being separate, have become the antagonist of the father himself, he says, he was in the beginning with God. That is to say, this word of God never existed separate from God. Or, lest hearing that in the beginning was the word, you should regard it as eternal, but yet understand the Father's life to have some degree of priority, he has introduced the words, He was in the beginning with God. For God was never solitary, apart from him, but always God with God. Or, inasmuch as he said, The word was God, that no one might think the divinity of the Son inferior, he immediately adds the marks of proper divinity in that he both again mentions eternity, he was in the beginning with God, and adds his attribute of creator, 
all things came to be through him. Or thus, the evangelist having begun with two propositions, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, reunites them into one, saying, he was in the beginning with God. For in the first of the three propositions, we learnt in what the word was, that it was in the beginning, in the second, with whom the word was, that it was with God, in the third, who the word was, that it was God. Having then set before us in a manner God the word of whom he had spoken, he collects all into the fourth preposition, namely, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, into, he was in the beginning with God. It may be asked, however, why it is not said, in the beginning was the word of God, and the word of God was with God, and the word of God was God. Now whoever will admit that truth is one must admit also that the demonstration of truth, that is wisdom, is one. But if truth is one, and wisdom is one, the word which enunciates truth and develops wisdom in those who are capable of receiving it must be one also. And therefore it would have been out of place here to have said, the word of God, as if there were other words besides that of God, a word of angels, word of men, and so on. We do not say this to deny that it is the word of God, but to show the use of omitting the words of God. Anyway, John himself in Revelation chapter 19 says, And his name was called the word of God. Why does he use the substantive verb, was? That you might understand that the word, which is co-eternal with God the Father, was before all time. After speaking of the nature of the Son, he proceeds to his operations, saying, All things came to be through him, that is, everything, whether substance or property. Or thus, some say, The word indeed was in the beginning, but it may be that he was not before the beginning. But he says, All things came to be through him. He by whom all things came to be is infinite, and since all things were made by him, time was likewise made by him. Moses indeed, in the beginning of the Old Testament, speaks to us in much detail of the natural world, saying, In the beginning God made the heavens and the earth, and then relates how the light and the firmament and the stars and the various kinds of animals were created. But the evangelist sums up the whole of this in a word, as familiar to his hearers, and hastens to loftier matters, making the whole of his book to bear not on the works, but on the Maker. Since all things were made by him, it is evident that light was also when God said, Let there be light, and in like manner the rest. But if so, that which God said, namely, Let there be light, is eternal. For the word of God, God with God, is co-eternal with the Father, though the world created by him is temporal. For whereas our when and sometimes are words of time, in the word of God, on the contrary, when a thing ought to be made is eternal. The thing is then made when in that word it is that it ought to be made. This word has in it neither when or at some time, since it is all eternal. How then can the word of God be made, when God by the word made all things? For if the word itself were made, by what other word was it made? If you say it was the word of the word by which that word was made, that word I call the only begotten Son of God. But if you do not call it the word of the word, 
then grant that the word was not made, by which all things were made. And if it is not made, it is not a creature. And if it is not a creature, it is of the same substance with the Father. For every substance which is not God is a creature, and what is not a creature is God. The Arian heretics are prone to say that all things came to be through the Son, in the sense in which we say a door came to be through a saw, namely, as an instrument, not that he was himself the maker. And so they talk of the Son as a thing made, as if he were made for this purpose, that all things might come to be through him. Now we to the inventor of this lie reply simply, If, as you say, the Father had created the Son in order to make use of him as an instrument, it would appear that the Son was less honorable than the things made, just as things made by a saw are more noble than the saw itself, the saw having been made for their sake. In the same way do they speak of the Father creating the Son for the sake of the things made. Had he thought good to create the universe, neither would he have produced the Son. What can be more insane than such language? They argue, however, why was it not said that the Word made all things, instead of saying they came to be through the Son? For this reason, that you might not understand an unbegotten and unoriginate Son, a rival God. If the preposition through perplexes you, and you want to learn from Scripture that the Word itself made all things, hear David in Psalm 102. Of old you laid the earth's foundations. The heavens are the work of your hands. That he spoke this of the only begotten, you learn from the Apostle, who in chapter 1 of the Epistle to the Hebrews applies these words to the Son. But if you say that the prophet spoke this of the Father, and that Paul applied it to the Son, it comes to the same thing. For he would not have mentioned that as applicable to the Son, unless he fully considered that the Father and the Son were of equal dignity. If again you dream that in the proposition, through, which is the same as the proposition by, any subjection is implied. Why does Paul say of the Father in 1 Corinthians, God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with the Son? And again, in many places, Paul an apostle by the will of God. Here too, the heretic Valentinus errs, saying that the word supplied to the Creator the cause of the creation of the world. If this interpretation is true, it should have been written that all things had their existence from the Word through the Creator, not the opposite, through the Word from the Creator. That you may not suppose when he says, all things came to be through him, that he meant only the things Moses had spoken of in Genesis, he seasonably brings in, and without him nothing came to be, nothing, that is, knowable either by the senses or the understanding, or thus, lest you should suspect the sentence, all things came to be through him, to refer to the miracles which the other evangelists had related, he adds, and without him nothing came to be. Or thus, that all things came to be through him, is pronouncing too much, it may be said, there is an unbegotten who is made by none, and there is the Son himself begotten from him who is unbegotten. The evangelist, however, again implies the author, when he speaks of him as associated, saying, Without him nothing came to be. This I understand to mean the Son's not being alone, for through him is one thing, without him nothing is another. Or thus, that you might not think that the things made by the Word had a separate existence, and were not contained in the Word, he says, and without him nothing came to be. That is, nothing was made external to him, for he encircles all things as the preserver of all things. 
or by saying, without him nothing came to be. He tells us not to suspect him in any sense to be a thing made. For how can he be a thing made, when God, it is said, made nothing without him? If all things were made by the word, and included in all things is wickedness and the whole influx of sin, these two were made by the word, which is false. Now nothing and a thing which is not mean the same thing. And the Apostle Paul seems to call wicked things things which are not. God calls those things which are not as though they were. All wickedness, then, is called nothing, inasmuch as it is made without the word. Those who say, however, that the devil is not a creature of God, err. Insofar as he is the devil, he is not a creature of God. But he whose character it is to be the devil is a creature of God. It is as if we should say a murderer is not a creature of God when, so far as he is a man, he is a creature of God. For sin was not made by him, for it is manifest that sin is nothing, and that men become nothing when they sin. Nor was an idol made by the word. It has indeed a sort of form of man, and man himself was made by the word. But the form of man in an idol was not made by the word. For it is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, We know that there is no idol in the world, or more literally, we know that an idol is nothing. These, then, were not made by the word, but whatever things were made naturally, the whole universe, were made by the word, every creature from an angel to a worm. Valentinus excludes from the things made by the word all that were made in the ages which he believes to have existed before the word. This is plainly false, inasmuch as the things which he thinks are divine are thus excluded from all things, and what he thinks is wholly corrupt are then properly all things on his account. The folly of those men is not to be listened to who think nothing is to be understood here as something because it is placed at the end of the sentence, as if it made any difference whether it is said without him nothing came to be or without him came to be nothing. If the word is to be taken for that which is in each man, inasmuch as it was implanted in each by the word, which was in the beginning, then also we commit nothing without this word, reason, taking this word nothing in a popular sense. For the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7 that sin was dead without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived. For sin is not imputed when there is no law. But neither was there sin when there was no word. For our Lord says in John chapter 15, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. For every excuse is denied the sinner, if, with the word present, and enjoining what is to be done, he refuses to obey him. Nor is the word to be blamed on this account, any more than a master, whose discipline leaves no excuse open to a delinquent people on the ground of ignorance. All things, then, were made by the word, not only the natural world, but also whatever is done by those acting without reason. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.